Due to the pandemic, the past few years have ushered in the past century's most significant shifts in working environments. 25% of all professional jobs in North America will be remote by the end of 2022. And remote opportunities will continue to increase through 2023. We have had a couple years to work out the kinks of this new way of work, but is it really going as well as we think it is? We looked through our leadership database to issue a report card on how leaders are doing managing remote or hybrid workers. Welcome to the 90th percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast. Each week, using research from over 1.5 million global assessments of leaders, we analyze different leadership traits, trends, and what it really takes for leaders to get to the 90th percentile. I'm Brianna Corin, and joining today is leadership legend and my colleague, Jack Sanger. Great to be with you, uh, talking about an important question facing lots of organizations today. Yeah, well, Jack, if you had to summarize your own personal feelings <laughs> about remote working from the past three years, what would you say? <laughs> Well, let's see, Bree. First, I'd say it's been a great deal more successful than I would have predicted. We've always had a few people in our firm who worked from home, and the results from them were consistently excellent. So we knew it could work. The question was, would it work for everyone, and how long would it have positive effects? Mm. My conclusion, frankly, is that it isn't for everyone, I guess my third conclusion is that there are obvious benefits, minimal commute times, more flexibility. But I'll conclude by saying that I believe human beings are kind of wired for communal work, for, mm -hmm. for some degree of togetherness. And so I, I confess I personally miss being with my colleagues and the optimum balance is, uh, is very individual. Uh, we've seen some productivity declines in 2022 I worry that that may be just the beginning of a distressing trend. Yeah, I think it has, like you said, it's opened a lot of doors for people. The opportunity to have more talent outside of your geographical location. I really like how organizations are trying hard to be more flexible to people's life schedules. I saw in the news, there was a Chick-fil-A manager that designed a three-day work week with 14-hour shifts, and he had over 400 applicants apply for the job. It was so popular, which I, it's great. That's innovative. When you think about it, having a four-day weekend every week. A survey from HR Drive found that fully remote workers reported a happiness level roughly 20% higher than those who worked in the office 100% of the time. Yeah. yeah. So right now, as we've seen in a lot of firms over this past year, it feels like hybrid is kind of winning out over fully remote, but that one is the most difficult to pull off. It requires more careful planning because if, if the purpose is, you know, come and like you were talking about togetherness, if someone's in the office and no one's there, it kind of <laughs> loses its purpose. Something else besides the kind of the productivity declines that we've kind of heard about is this burnout that mm -hmm. has been talked about lately. You know, blurring the lines of home and work might be catching up to people. And uh, so we wanted to look at our data 
take an objective look at the companies we work with um, over the last few years and give a report on what we saw um, from those who are working at home, those who are in the office. So, Jack, how is it looking out there? (laughs) Well, surprisingly, the data from various sources during the pandemic indicated that productivity was higher with people working remotely than in office environments. In a conversation with the trade association group in the Philippines uh, that represents call centers, we discovered that most of their employees worked remotely. When we asked about productivity, which they can measure very accurately, they indicated that it was higher. Mm -hmm. Many call centers wanted their employees to return to work in those empty offices and the employees resisted. (laughs) So we, we happened to ask, what's the average commute time in the Philippines? And the answer was, Three hours a day. Not a surprise that they resisted coming back. Wow. No, not at all. Not at all. But what else is missing? You know, we know that remote work has some downsides. Collaboration is more difficult. Company culture tends to suffer. In addition, working remotely may make it much easier for a person to quit a job because of having fewer close connections and relationships with their coworkers. That's true. You know, younger employees may have significantly diminished opportunities for an active social life with their peers. Mm -hmm. And frankly, onboarding and assimilating new employees is lengthier and more complex and probably less effective. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, it's just simply connecting with the mission and the cause for which the organization exists is also really hampered. Yeah, there are downsides for the organization and for employees. It's like when you um, take medication to take care of something, but then you have to <laughs> like deal with the side effects of the medication. It's like, okay, what what's worse? <laughs> yeah. What do I want? And I feel like remote and hybrid work is still so new that we we have growing pains to go through to figure yeah. it to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. So. What is the report on leaders who are navigating this path? You've talked a lot about in your books and your articles, this idea of management by walking around, that that gathering people, walking around, seeing what's going on, having that control is, has worked for leaders for years and years and years and years. Mm -hmm. And now they're, they're told they have to do something completely different. They have to use digital tools. So have they taken the hard-earned lessons from 2021 and become more effective in 2022? Are we on the right path? <laughs> well, we, we know that many organizations are struggling with decisions about remote work. Early in 2022, we began a study in which we identified leaders who worked remotely from their direct reports and compared them to leaders who were working in the same location where they had frequent face-to-face interaction. Mm -hmm. In our data set, we had 261 leaders working in offices and co-located with their direct reports. And we had 207 working remotely. So 261 and 207 working remotely. Direct reports were then asked six additional employee engagement questions in our surveys to assess their satisfaction and also their willingness to put forth additional effort. 
We found that for overall leadership effectiveness, the ratings managers and peers of remote leaders, they rated them less positively, but the difference was not statistically significant. So we don't want to read too much mm. into that. Okay. Surprisingly, the direct reports of leaders who worked remotely rated their leaders significantly more positively than those who were co-located in the same office with their boss. Hmm. This was a kind of a surprising finding. Yeah. Given that remote leaders had less in-person contact and fewer face-to-face -face interactions. So, in other words, those who worked directly with the leader versus those who were remote, the remote ones perceived their boss to be more effective. This is a case of absence <laughs> makes the heart grow fonder. <laughs> Maybe it's absence makes the heart grow fonder. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it is good news for leaders. I mean, the less personal interaction you have with your boss, the more highly you think of them. <laughs> this is very interesting. So maybe remote employees relish greater autonomy and having a remote boss provides that elevated independence. <laughs> well, whatever the cause, we were certainly surprised at the outcome. You know, it's, you, it's very easy to understand in a case where there's a toxic boss, but we think that that number is much smaller than those with generally positive behavior. Mm-hmm. Maybe with those, the advantage of greater autonomy outweighs more frequent connections. Yeah. So what is the impact of a leader's location on employee engagement? Because somebody who's there, who's motivating them. Well, we looked at Zenger Folkman's Employee Engagement Index, and it analyzes, like you mentioned before, six questions. They are, we look at their confidence that goals will be achieved, discretionary effort, willingness to recommend the organization, intention to leave, their satisfaction with the organization, and being treated with dignity and respect. So what, what is the <laughs> outcomes about employee engagement, Jack? What are yeah. the outcomes? The overall, so we're looking at not just how people perceive their manager in terms of his or her overall effectiveness, but now we're seeing What's the impact on them, on their, on their engagement? And what we found was that the overall engagement measure did not show a statistical difference between those in the office and those who were remote. However, the discretionary effort item was significantly more positive for those employees who worked for a leader who was remote. That, we found that really interesting. This difference may provide some clue as to why remote workers have greater productivity. If a manager is not nearby, the employee kind of sees what needs to be done and they jump in and do it. So that one item was very different from many of the others. So in other words, they are willing to do more for this boss and they liked the boss more. <laughs> I guess not liked him. They thought they were more effective. <laughs> they were willing to take on the assignments, go the extra mile. So I, what, is, what are your conclusions from this data? This is a really interesting thing because you were able to look at the same leaders who had both sets of workers. Right. Well, these results are early and obviously more data is needed. However, given the fact that many organizations are struggling with decisions regarding allowing both employees 
and managers to work remotely. We felt that sharing this data would be useful. Our observations uh, about this data are as follows. Number one, there does not appear to be huge downsides for leaders working remotely from their team members. In fact, working remotely may motivate leaders to try harder to connect with their employees or maybe to do it more effectively. Secondly, motivation and engagement of the employees who work for remote leaders appears slightly higher and discretionary effort is significantly higher. This study supports the assumption that remote workers may be, and, and certainly have been, more productive. The third conclusion is that there are still some undeniable advantages associated with those who work in offices, such as stronger interpersonal connections, more collaboration, and it, there are some signs that maybe they have also better mental health. They are because they are the workers in the office are seen more frequently by their by their leaders. Their promotional opportunities may be enhanced. Mm -hmm. I think that's a fair assessment. I also think it's good to remember, as there's so much out there right now about remote and hybrid, that one solution does not fit all. And even within the organization, like some people really do want to be in an office. Some people want to be fully remote. It, it really depends and, and it's finding the flexibility and the systems that work. But I mean, I still keep coming back to this thing we've seen about the higher levels of burnout. And I think some of it may be connected to remote work. That's just my personal feeling. So even though remote work, employees are more willing to go the extra mile, what can leaders do to ensure that they're running at a sustainable pace? Yeah, very good question. I think managers and organizations can do much more to help everyone work more effectively from a remote environment. I think it clearly suggests the need for people separating their work from their personal life. It means creating some boundaries, some guardrails. It means creating some routines and, and rituals about starting your day and stopping your day. And finally, I'll mention the need to take deliberate breaks. There's some very you know, useful, very relevant research about uh, the, the importance of people taking periodic time to just stop do something different, clear their head, go for a walk. Ideally, if they can go outside, it's better than staying inside. But moving around, getting a snack, having a drink, playing a game for just a couple of minutes is, makes a big difference in their not getting burned out. Yeah. Employees may feel overwhelmed by their work and forget to take time off or to, to disconnect from their computer at the end of the day. And this is really problematic because without these breaks, employees risk what's been coined as, the, as you know, professional burnout. Mm -hmm. So that's my summary, Brie, <laughs> of what we, what we need to do. So if you were to give leaders a grade this year for managing remote hybrid workers, what would it be? <laughs> oh, boy. Takes me back to my professorial days. <laughs> um, I would give us a B plus. 
I think it's been a huge change. It's been a brand new challenge. And mm -hmm. I think by and large, uh, most organizations have responded with flexibility and responded pretty, pretty well. You know, while there's still a lot of debate about leaders working, re working remotely versus being co-located in the same office with their direct reports, we believe the winners in this debate will be those who take advantage of the hybrid way of working. The numbers may vary, but both advantages can be captured. Well, we'll see how the tides change <laughs> next year. Overall, I, I would agree with you. I think uh, a B, B plus is, is there. There's room for improvement. There's room for discovery. Except my boss. Of course, she has an A. <laughs> <laughs> she does. Definitely. <laughs> The 90th Percentile on Unconventional Leadership podcast was written and recorded by Brianna Corin, Jack Zanger, and Joe Folkman, and produced by Zanger Folkman. If you're interested in learning more about Zanger Folkman's award-winning 360-degree assessments, leadership, and coaching offerings, or would like to attend our monthly leadership webinar series hosted by Jack and Joe, visit our website at zangerfolkman.com. If you like our podcast, tell your friends and coworkers about it, and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, and leave us a great review. We really like to read them. All resources and links to the research referenced in this episode can be found in our episode details or on our podcast page on zangerfolkman.com. <laughs>